Hi, welcome to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, and joining me today is Ashima Chopra, the founder of Ashima Awakening. Now, she is the youngest committee chair of her volution. She sits on the board of the Ascidian Theater Company and Film International. She has worked across four continents as an activist and movement lawyer to help conscious decision-making and radical ownership and access to justice. Today, we're discussing the power of the feminine, self-care and self-love, setting healthy boundaries and mindfulness practices. Life is too short. Trying to run a business and balance what you love. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, a former corporate marketing drone and certified life coach turned mompreneur who got fed up with the mom guilt that comes from trying to have the perfect work-life balance. Why can't we have a fit life and a fit business? I'm here to make it easier to be your own boss and enjoy your life. Tune in every Thursday for new episodes. We're going all in with interviews with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, risk takers, coaches, and side hustlers, along with solo episodes with yours truly to provide actionable tools, tactics, processes, and even case studies so you can discover how to create, maintain, and or grow a total fit lifestyle you deserve. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Welcome to the show, Ashima. Hi. <laughs> so let us dig all into this. Let's get into this right now because I am so interested to know the power of the feminine. Tell us all about it. Yes. Wow. So this is a big one. This is a big question, a big opening into, into a lot of things. So for so many years, the masculine has taken over. And this need for the feminine is imperative. And when I talk about masculine and feminine, I'm talking about masculine and feminine energies that truly exist within all of us. Mm. And within each of us and in everything in the universe, there are masculine and feminine qualities and energies that motivate and, and, and support us. The feminine is lunar, cooling, and receptive. The masculine is solar, warming, and active. And so we see these polarities and these complementary energies in nature and all around us. Everything about the human experience has polarities to it. So for example, if we think about the sun and the moon, the sun being masculine, the moon feminine, day and night, land and sea. And so when we reunite these subtle energies that live within each and every one of us, we're transforming the collective and what we bring to the world, the planet, the people that we love. And when I think about this dominance of the masculine, when I think about this hunter-gatherer masculine energy that is so heavily based in achievement and conquering this need for the power of the feminine in its intuition, in its tenderness, in its affection is what we so truly need right now. And when you look at any wisdom traditions and really all the wisdom traditions around the world, they involve the divine feminine energies of self-power, of nurturing, of connection with nature, respect for nature, healing, and alchemy. And even the emotional energies of the feminine in motherhood, in healing, in transformation, this is the true need. 
And so societies have always been patriarchal, as I mentioned before, this dominance of this uh, hunter-gatherer mentality. But really now through all the injustices and the amplification of these injustices that we've been seeing is how we have come to this point of, again, this need for healing, this need for feminine power. And the time has really come to think about women's power and not just women's rights. And so personal power, self-sovereignty, to be, to be able to be the ruler of self, to be able to balance these energies, to be able to restore these polarities that again, truly exist within each and every one of us. Very interesting take. Oh my goodness. That kind of really brings me into the next thing that you really focus in on. And I love this quote. I love this quote by Kate Reed. It's self-care is giving the world the best you instead of what's left of you. Mm. And that is so powerful to me. And so I'd love to ask you how in this type of world where it's all about dominance and it's all about aggression and, and checking marks and getting all these things done and kicking butts and not taking names for it or kicking butts and taking names. That should I say kicking butts and taking names. How do we address that whole self-care? But before you answer that, I'd like to know what our audience is thinking. So if you're listening in real time, go to the IG stories at the total fit boss chick. And we're going to have this poll question posted. Do you ever feel guilty for taking time for self-care? Because that's what I'm noticing is what's happening. People are feeling guilty for taking time for self-care. But if you aren't listening in real time, no worries. Check the IG highlights for the responses to the poll questions, and you can still weigh in and see the results. So Ashima, let us know, like, how can we have self-care without feeling guilty? Oh, this is so good. This is such like such a good question. So I, we've been talking about how we've seen this dominance of masculine energy and power. And when we talk about this dominance, it is that masculine values are considered superior to the feminine, whereby, you know, when we think of power and success, Mm -hmm. that dominance is the way to embody power and success. It's really in the doing and the mechanics. When feminine power has been so has, has been so suppressed, has been suppressed for so long, it seems like it's in hiding. And I'm speaking about this from not just a spiritual level, but even from a social and psychological level. When access to the divine feminine is closed off, the path to healing is also closed off. So how do we open up to that path of healing how do we how do we step into our personal evolution being a journey of joy being a journey of healing and being a journey where we don't attach our value to productivity and where we define for ourselves what that version of success looks like so when i think about self-care and and when I think about self-love, there is a practice of self-inquiry that I think is so important. And what I mean by that is curiosity, being curious about learning about yourself, being curious about exploring yourself, being curious about discovering parts of yourself as you 
transition through life, as you pivot through life, as you move to the next stage in your life. Questions like, what is my relationship with myself? How do I love myself? What does self-love feel like? In what ways am I going to take care of myself today? What is my relationship with productivity? Again, tying into that masculine of doing and this hustle culture versus the feminine of being and vibration and slowing the process and patience. And then what is my practice of healing? Because when we're able to open up to the divine feminine that exists within all of us, as I mentioned before, that path of healing really opens up. So I think that when we talk about self-care and self-love and and when we tie that into this conversation of the power of the feminine and opening up to the divine feminine energy that exists within us, I think it really starts with curiosity and learning about ourselves and understanding that we are so multifaceted and multi-layered. So how do I engage in checking in? How do I become more curious? How do I ask these questions? So that as I move through life, I get to know myself better. I get to know my mind better. I get to know my thoughts better. I get to know my body better. Yeah. And, and be curious. Very powerful. This is so interesting. We hear quite often self-love and self-care. And I think that some of the problems that we face with that is the fact that we are so busy because you mentioned productivity. We're so busy. We don't take the time to take the time for ourselves. So how do we do that in a busy way? There was, there's a quote that I read a couple of months ago now by Katie Leeson. And she tweeted this out. And, and in this tweet, she writes, we need to stop glamorizing overworking. The absence of sleep, good diet, exercise, relaxation, and time with friends and family isn't something to be applauded. Too many people wear their burnout as a badge of honor and it needs to change. I think of this tweet, I think of an incredible Instagram account at the NAP ministry, which really amplifies the message that rest is power, rest is revolutionary, rest is liberation, rest is freedom. And so when I think about rest, when I think about prioritizing your wellness, when I think about how in this past year and a half of going through a pandemic, how many of us have genuinely taken moments out of our day to honor ourselves, to celebrate ourselves, to focus on being in the present. What does even being in the present look or feel like? And I I think that it is so important pre-pandemic, but particularly going through a pandemic in times of loss and grief and stress and in times of perhaps we were caretakers for others, when are those moments that we are going to take care of ourselves? When are those moments that we are going to prioritize ourselves? When are, the, when are those moments that we are going to focus on ourselves? And I think that that prioritization of wellness or our well-being can be done in so many ways that are so small throughout the day. So I think about nature. I think about nature and wilderness as medicine. And there are multiple global examples of this. Doctors in in Norway, they prescribe free air life. That would be the translation 
to patients with depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and free air life being literally wandering through nature without a goal in mind. I think of Shinrin Yoku, which is forest bathing, a practice in Japan, taking in nature with all the senses, literally bathing in the power of nature. And it's really seen as a therapeutic technique. I think about Ayurveda. One of the foundational concepts in Ayurveda is that the environment or the earth is our extended physical body. So when we are a part of this you know, entire ecosystem of nature, it's really about living in alignment with the earth. And there's so many various examples. There is even a movement of healthcare providers in America to promote nature prescriptions for health improvement to patients. So all of these examples show this immense healing power through nature and taking a walk or being outside or laying in the grass or feeling the breeze against your skin, how being outside and being grounded and connecting to nature and connecting to the earth serves us in such powerful ways. And so I think that I feel like there there are so many common themes in in all of this. Mm -hmm. Again, when we talk about the feminine, when we talk about self-care, when we talk about self-love, when we talk about curiosity and how finding the time and investing in yourself because you are your greatest investment is so important and has been particularly heightened again in, in really going through a pandemic. So celebrating yourself, honoring yourself, taking that time out for yourself is just, is so integral to your uh, mental health, to your physical health and and really to your spiritual health. I could not agree with you more. I really could not agree with you more. And I think that our listeners think the same thing. I think they totally agree, but there's a struggle with that. And the struggle is setting boundaries. What would you say would be keys to setting boundaries so you can have time to go into nature and you can have time for self-care. Oh, okay. So not even say yeah. yes, you can. <laughs> yeah. Because setting boundaries with the people that you deal with in your life and setting right. boundaries against the negativity, seven, setting boundaries against the time that you choose to spend. How do we, how would you suggest to set boundaries so we can really, really tune into ourselves so we can be a better version of ourselves? So there are, I am sure that both you and the listeners can tell I love, I love asking questions. I think asking questions is such a beautiful journey of accepting that we don't know everything and then mm. being curious about learning more. So some of the questions that I ask when it comes to boundaries are, will this thing help me? Will this thing help someone else? Will this thing cause me joy? Is there something better that can or should do it? And when I ask these questions and really tying this into boundaries, what are boundaries? Boundaries are the curators of what and who we allow into our lives. And boundaries are a life enhancing system of yeses and nos. They are stop signs and borders that we install to protect ourselves, so that it's clear that we own our life, that we make good choices and that we're truly pursuing the experience expression of who we are in the way that we live, love, give, and relate. And to summarize all of that deliciousness, it's to say that they really dictate the kinds of behavior 
that we are inviting into our life, that we are tolerating, that we are encouraging mm. and that we're re- rejecting from others. So oftentimes when we have these conversations about boundaries, it's like, how do I even know when I need to set a boundary? How do I know? And the most powerful tool and resource to be able to know is our bodies. Our bodies are always giving us signals and cues as to what feels good and what doesn't feel so good. So tuning into our, the wisdom of our body is vital when it comes to figuring out when and how to set a boundary. And this can often show up in in what we call red flags, like resentment and blame, like something is building up inside of you that's telling you where you might be giving your power away and putting someone else's needs before our own. And the really interesting thing about these red flags and these cues and signals is that it is often a buildup. It is often slow and gradual, and it doesn't go anywhere unless it's addressed. It only builds. Another one being exhaustion and feeling drained, perhaps when you are when you land yourself in a situation or when you're with someone and you really feel like you're giving from an empty cup. And so when I think about, okay, I understand that I need to prioritize my well-being. I understand that going out in nature or taking time for meditation is going to serve and honor my health, but I have X, Y, Z to do but my boss needs this email sent, but my, then there's the, but okay, this is why it's so important to set boundaries because of something that I mentioned, telling us where we are giving our power away and putting someone else's needs before our own. And so when we communicate boundaries, it is not, it is not to hurt someone else. I think oftentimes that's what people think of when they think of setting boundaries but it's really an attempt to continue a relationship. Oftentimes we we feel responsible for, or perhaps even guilty. I know I definitely have when we hear someone else's problems or or feelings, we, we have this impulse to do something. So their problems or responsibilities or tasks become ours. And there's no real line or boundary between how they feel and how we feel. So when we communicate a boundary that can be done mindfully and respectfully, it gives people the high quality information that they need in order to treat you in a way that really honors your well-being. And so when, you know, again, when we talk about boundaries, they act as rules and standards for how we wish to be treated and how someone who wants to interact with us needs to do so in a way that, again, is honoring our well-being. And so it is about communicating that today, I between this hour, th- these are the hours that I'll be sending emails. And then this is the hour that I'm really going to just be away from my phone, away from my laptop, away from any type of screen. And I'm going to sit outside for 10 minutes and just and just meditate or I'm just going to breathe, or I'm going to go for a walk and and just be outside and leave my phone at home. I think that when we start setting up these small steps, Mm -hmm. and when we start blocking time and setting time slots and creating this beautiful routine and habit, which is not often easy to create, but is so necessary, 
I think that's when we understand the importance of setting boundaries. And then when we start setting boundaries, it really is a journey. It really is a process. And it, it's just about understanding that a boundary that you set today can always be shifted. It's not something that's static. It's something that's dynamic. And so it can always be shifted a week from now or, or five months from now or five years from now. And yeah, so I, I think that boundaries are, are just so important and yeah, are just are, are really important. I think that is huge because we're all about setting boundaries and we discuss it different times in the blog or on the show, but I love your take and I love the spin that you gave about setting boundaries. So we really appreciate that. Yes, this happens to be a part of the show that is one of my favorite portions of the show because it's a chance for us to go in deeper and it's our opportunity to give our audience a mentoring moment. So share some more wisdom with us because you've been giving it to us. Let us know at your lowest point, what advice would you need to hear? I love, first of all, that you call it mentoring moment. I think that's, that's so good. When I was at my lowest, okay, so there, okay, so there are two beautiful concepts that I've learned through, throughout my life and specific, as you were mentioning, two moments where I have felt things are breaking down and things are breaking apart and I have felt very heavy or weighted or low. So there is a Japanese art, it's called Dugi, K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I. And this Japanese art is of putting broken pottery pieces back together with gold. And I, I urge everyone to literally like Google this right now because it's beautiful. It's a beautiful uh, art form, beautiful pottery art form. And it's a metaphor for embracing your flaws and your imperfections. I, I think of, again, this Japanese art of kintsugi where broken pieces can be put back together with gold. And it, it just creates something which many people actually would say would be even more beautiful because it, those putting, putting things back together with gold and those like flaws and imperfections, things are not straight, things are a bit diagonal or whatever the case might be. And I, I think it's always been such a beautiful example of this idea of brokenness. And then there's, there is another thing that, that I think of, and it is so in Sanskrit means never not broken. And Deshri is a Sanskrit term for goddess. So she's a, a goddess, an Indian goddess called Akilan Deshri. And her name means she who is never not broken. Mm. She is in pieces and her pieces are constantly moving dynamically, creating experiences and fostering wisdom. So times of loss and grief are times of going to pieces or falling apart. And the wisdom of she who is never not broken is that in some way, our being relies on brokenness and brokenness is inherent in existence, literally from birth to death and beyond. And so we're always on a journey of loss and loss of control. And so even I think about how can our breakdowns lead to breakthroughs? And whether it's a or whether it's an art form, it's through the cracks 
And from the chaos, we're able to find the light. Even when you look at pictures of the gold is so reflective. And I just, I, I always find that to be so beautiful because I think of, again, I, I think of this past year and a half. I know for me, there were so many heavy weighted moments of breaking down, of falling to pieces, of brokenness, of breaking apart. And then how those moments could lead to breakthroughs. I think of even when we're transitioning through life, when we're pivoting in life, whether that's in the workplace, whether that's from a relationship to a different relationship, whether that's in friendship, there are so many examples and situations and, and, and stories that I'm sure we've all had where we have felt this breaking down or breaking apart of something to lead to a renewal or a newness or a breakthrough of something else. And so truly, and this very genuinely in my life, these two concepts I feel have always served me to remind me that there is beauty in that brokenness. And that even when we are breaking apart or breaking down, that can so often lead to a breakthrough. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. And I love how you just said there's beauty in the brokenness. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. What is it? What is mosaic art? Exactly. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You have just done it. You have given us some <laughs> great nuggets to take and walk away. And just guys, if you aren't, if you aren't driving, even if you are driving, whatever, take this time. If you can physically do it, walk outside, get mm -hmm. some air, use this right now as a signal for you to set some boundaries to whatever it is that you're doing and just go take a moment for yourself. Even if you only have two minutes, go take those two minutes and just really breathe in the goodness, that peace and that stillness can bring back to you and what you can give back to whatever it is you were working on before. So thank you so much for being on the show. We love to connect to you. Please let everybody know how they can find you. Yes. First and foremost, I'm so grateful for you and for doing this. I think it's a beautiful way to connect to people and really that power of connection and whether it's being able to talk to you or, or whether it's being able to connect to people around the world. I, I think it's, I think this is so beautiful what you're doing. So thank you for thank that. You. And okay. How to get in touch with me. I think I, I honestly think the best way you can definitely send me a DM, feel free to, yeah, feel free to send me a DM via Instagram. You can also check out my website and see what types of offerings that, that I have available and yeah, there are so many exciting things in the pipeline. I think of currently I, I have a worthy program, which is really a three month spiritual, scientific and intimate journey of transforming old patterns and deepening your understanding of self-worth and self-awareness. I do one-to-one -one sessions as well for really holistic self-development. And then I also do holistic business development through curated wellness workshops that I design for companies and, and organizations and then really exciting stuff of an upcoming offering that I have for entrepreneurs who want to unlock personal branding for their business by doing the inner work. And all of these offerings, I think that the best way is to send me a DM. We can, we can hop on a free discovery call and, and just get to know each other on a deeper level and, and understand what 
your wants and needs are and and how I may be able to be your guide through figuring some things out. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you so much, guys. I will have the links in the show notes. So don't you worry. Don't wreck out and enjoy your nature. And you can just click on those links and get right over to those offerings. As always, thanks for listening. And if you got value out of the show, please show us some love and rate us by going to ratethispodcast.com backslash Total Fit Boss Chick. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick podcast. Bye for now.